this is Brendan Wood. I'm a, a touch judge for the Toyota Cup and also the New South Wales Cup. But when I'm not doing that, I hang out at Media Week with James Manning. Yeah, he does. I can't get rid of him. We do a bunch of podcasts here every week. We've had Steve Mascord in this week, and we're both fans of... White Line Fever, the podcast. I haven't listened to a full podcast yet, but I think I will now. Me too. Welcome to episode 20 of White Line Fever. And uh, I'm going to try and do something a little bit different tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a simul podcast or a pod simulcast, I don't know what you'd call it, with the guys, uh, James and Brendan from Media Week. Uh, I was in there uh, just recently, had a bit of a chat to them about life, the universe and everything. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a, a listen to a grab from that. Uh, I'm now going to plug the things that I have to plug once a program, but I've been forgetting the last couple of weeks. That is The Real Stevis. That's my handle on Twitter, whitelinefever.ning.com is the home of this program on the internet where you can go and discuss the things you hear and of course stevemascourt.com is the sort of nexus of everything. Okay, we're going to the Media Week uh, uh, podcast now and then we're going to hear a new single from Europe. It's called Not Supposed to Sing the Blues and after that we'll be reviewing all of the NRL's Round 3 and Super League Round 7. Yeah, did you go on any cruises? I, I went on a couple of rock cruises. So tell us about that. I went on the Kiss, the first ever Kiss cruise. Really? <laughs> uh, that was that was fascinating. You know, I said to someone actually before I come home, I said, the weird thing is Kiss fans don't even like music. Really? They just like Kiss. And someone, and someone said to me, Kiss fans don't even like Kiss music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just yeah, like the idea yeah, of Kiss. Yeah. Like you go on a Kiss cruise and like, you be like, you know, have you ever heard of the Beatles? Like who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kiss fans just like Kiss. Skid Row were on the ship and like hardly, hardly anyone went to watch it. But I went on this other thing, which was um, Monsters of Rock Cruise for a comeback. So Kiss Cruise at the start, and Monsters of Rock Cruise and all that. And that was great. That was like, I believe, some of the music cruises in other genres, like the reggae cruises where the bands play all day and all night. It's not just the ones I've been on before. You wait around all day. There's two bands you've heard of play anything. The rest of the time you step in for a drink. But um, this, one, this one was like a proper uh, one of those cruises where there's six or seven bands on three different stages. And, you know, bands on UFO were on it and they test them and the other and stuff like that. So that was uh, really, really good. But one, one of the thing is, for the Monsters of Rock Cruise, and I don't know whether the company, I don't think the company who has registered that um, name, Monsters of Rock, I don't know, I don't think they had anything to do with Donington back in the 80s at all. Mm. But they've just decided it's a dead brand that can be, should be revived. And I, and, um, I think that's a real uh, common theme now in uh, a lot of online stuff, is that people are looking at um, dead brands that people recognise and they're reviving them. And um, I actually, uh, I've set up, uh, I set up a, um, a, a Facebook page for On The Street, which used to be based in this very street. Remember on the street, the yeah, yeah, yeah. drama. Yeah, it's the first media. of the street press, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, I actually, because uh, I, I found myself posting old stories from on the street, and I thought, well, um, uh, you know, because if I post a story for Rugby League Week on my site, and I wait a week, obviously, because I don't want to hurt sales, so I wait for six days and I post a story. Um, and I could put it on the Rugby League Week Facebook page. So I just thought, well, if I post a story from on the street from 1987, what Facebook page should I put it on? There's none, so I set one up. And um, I set up. A, I also set up one for. Uh, I set up a classic. No one from Kerrang's uh, got onto me yet. I set up. A, I set up a classic Kerrang Facebook page. Uh, so I put old Kerrang stuff up there. Well, and, all um, those guys write for Classic Rock now. All they the do, old Kerrang they do. guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Jeff Barton is the guy mm. who. It's a little bit of an. Uh, 
bit of an old mate's act. Uh, Jeff Malcolm Martin. Dome's there. Yeah, too, yeah, Malcolm. He's, he's always in the pub, actually. At, uh, <laughs> he's always, he's always, what's that pub? The Crowbar. He's in there every single night. Oh. I was in there. I, I introduced myself to him three times, and each time I had to introduce myself again. Because <laughs> I get people like that who say that sometimes to me too. You're, you know, don't you remember meeting me before? And, and you know, and I don't know. It's not arrogance. It's just yeah. forgetfulness. Yeah.
come from Where you come from It's just not done Hey, this is Nash Cato and King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Welcome back to the program. We're going through the Friday night um, NRL games, and I'm here with Brad Talon from the ABC. How much of this game did you see? St. George of of 36, West Tigers 12. Uh, saw snippets of it. Saw several people getting hit in the head without any action. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure about that, which was a bit unusual, but uh, enough to say that I was very disappointed in the Tigers. Yeah. Um, Adam Blair was put on a report, but there were at least three other incidents that maybe penalties, and that's about it. Yeah, it seems strange, doesn't it? Although, you know, these days, what does putting on report mean? I'm sure they'll go back and look at the video during the week and they'll pick them up anyway. So I'm, this whole reporting thing's become a bit strange and neither of them went off, so I guess it wasn't a free replacement. But uh, it seemed very inconsistent compared to what happened in the previous two weeks. The funny thing is that we've got this crackdown with striking players in the head at the same time as we've got... Um, a crackdown on guys who can cast. So both the, both the aggressor and the victim have got under extra scrutiny this year, allegedly. Well, that's right, and, <laughs> and, and, and clearly, um, well, Benji wasn't himself for some time after the hit. He was he was in, in Disneyland. You could mm. tell just by the look on his face. Now, they say, well, he's up and standing, so therefore he's not concussed, and I don't think uh, Bo was uh, feeling very well either. But, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, situation. I'm sure there'll be more action taken against the uh, two transgressors during the week. I didn't see any of... Uh, Brisbane 24, Newcastle 10. I believe there are a lot of errors. Oh, I, I, being, being a Brisbane boy, I, I do occasionally get a bit excited about the Broncos. But oh. well, They should have won by 50 points, honestly. They just had so many opportunities. And when McManus scored, it was one of those situations where you thought, you know what, they're going to lose this and they should be 40 in front. Mm-hmm. They just bombed so many tries. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And Newcastle's defence was for a Bennett coach team was uh, very, very suspect. Ah, two games in England this morning Leeds 56, Salford 16 and we should mention that Kevin Sinfield is now the highest scorer in the history of Leeds 2,924 points moving ahead of Lewis Jones, pretty impressive Yeah, gee, it's uh, good to see you I'd like to see you keep your coverage of that English uh, league up, actually, talking about <laughs> English league uh, I know on the, in the Queensland Cup game tomorrow we've got Andy Platt's son running around for the, uh, the Sunshine Coast Andy Platt who met his wife during the World Club Challenge and who else met his wife during the World Club Challenge? Mike Westlake <laughs> There you go. Good old Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. And there's a connection between Andy Platt and Mike Westlake. And uh, the other game this morning, Huddersfield 42, Castleford 4. That was uh, it was tough, tough viewing. Working with Valsy today, you won't be happy. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, thanks, Brad. Thanks, mate. Here's another song, don't know what it'll be. <laughs> thanks, mate. Don't believe you anymore 
Tommy from the Casanovas, and you're on White Line Fever. Okay, welcome back uh, to the show. Now, I don't know how long this format's going to last because I think we're boring everyone stupid out there. Uh, this might be the second and only time we actually do the whole weekend, day by day. But anyway, I'm here with uh, Steve Dean from the New Zealand Herald. Um, good, to, good to have you on the show. Now, what footy did you watch on Saturday night? You watched uh, Parramatta and North Queensland, I believe. Yeah, I got through about 60 minutes of that one. Uh, tremendously exciting. more than Parramatta got through. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It was tremendously exciting for at least 60 to 90 seconds. Um, the Eagles had a wonderful first set, rolled them down the field and were looking very good up to that point. What are your thoughts? Because 42-6, Dairy Farmer Stadium, North Queensland over Parramatta. Um, Stephen Kearney, you know, I thought he got a fair run last year um, from the public and the media, but maybe... Things will start to get a bit rocky for him now, do you think? Yeah, well, they've won like six or seven matches, is it, out of 20 odd now? It's a, a terrible win loss ratio, obviously. Um, I think last year a lot of people were giving him credit for the fact that it wasn't his team and he needed to do some rebuilding and stuff. Maybe that excuse isn't quite there this year, so he's going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, I'd rather not have that job myself. Were North Queensland that good? Yeah, they were pretty good. They were pretty good, but um, Parramatta were fairly dreadful as well. You have to factor that in. It's, it's really hard to get much of a read on the Cowboys playing against a, an Eels team that was that bad. Yeah. Now, I was at um, the, uh, Melbourne 30, uh, Gold Coast 6, which actually was the closest game yesterday in either Super League or the NRL because there was a couple of blowouts over in England as well. But um, Billy Slater is, to me, getting to that level where he seems to be playing on a different level than everyone else on the field. And I, I don't say that lightly. I've probably only seen, I can think of three players who've I've ever seen like that. Wally, Wally Lewis, Peter Sterling, and Andrew Johns. I mean, um, um, even Darren Lockyer. You know, Darren Lockyer, to me, that doesn't mean he wasn't as good as those players, but I don't think I ever... I didn't watch Darren Lockyer cons- consistently look like he was playing a different game to like those other three players I mentioned. That's not to say he's not as good as them, good as, good as them but... Um, Darren Lockyer actually seems to seem to be trying a lot in his career, and those three fellows at times didn't seem to need to try. And Billy Slater is almost at that level now. Yeah, well, Billy Slater, people are starting to talk about greatest ever fullback now, if not player in any position, aren't they? Obviously, here in New Zealand, he'll always hold a very dear place in our hearts with that infield pass he threw in the World Cup final <laughs> to, to Benji Marshall. Um, that was one of his all-time great plays. He was on a different plane that night as well, thankfully. <laughs> and um, um, you used to, in a previous life, you used to work for the TNA which doesn't stand for tits and arse, it stands for Telegraph no, and Argus that's correct. in Bradford. And um, this morning, Bradford beat St Helens uh, 12-8. Uh, it was 12-4 until about a minute ago, and Francis Melly scored a try. Um, first time in 23 years St Helens have lost four games in a row. Um, you talk about coaches under pressure. Royce Simmons is apparently already moving on at the end of the year anyway, but um, can you tell the listeners what it would be like at St Helens having lost four in a row? Uh, fairly dire, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty dire anywhere when you lose four in a row, isn't it? Um, it's probably a lot like it's been at Bradford for the last three or four years, I would say. Uh, you know, Bradford went from being one of the powerhouse clubs. I think I covered them for three seasons. They made the grand final all three years, won it twice, to uh, losing to the likes of Hull KR at home. So, yeah, I, I think fans over the Saints will be taking it pretty hard. But they've got a nice new stadium to sit in while they watch their team lose, haven't they? That's important. <laughs> it is now. You mentioned Hulk KR. They gave uh, Catalan a bit of a run for their money before losing 20-12 to 12 in uh, Perpignan this morning, our time. Um, Catalan look like they're the sort of real deal this year, don't they? They, they look uh, look pretty well drilled. And, uh, they, like I said, it, they can be... 
behind or yeah. level with a team for a long stretch and you just have that confidence they're going to win. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've always recruited really well, haven't they? They've sort of been a French foreign legion almost for players who've done something wrong in some part of their lives but can actually play a bit of footy and then they kick up there. Lovely part of the world, nice place to do a bit of rehabilitation. Just like Bradford? Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah, Bradford's lovely, especially this time of year. Um, Maybe not as nice as the south of France, but... But yeah, I mean, Catalans, they've got good strong backing, haven't they? They've got always seem to have a budget to bring in players, so um, no surprise they're contending. Now, the best thing about this show, uh, the only good thing about it really, is that you get to uh, play a song. So I'm going to bestow upon you this rare honour of being able to select a song. But please, I don't want any acid jazz or rockabilly or or anything like that. I want I want something. I want to get a song with guitars in it. Something with guitars in it. Um, can we, can we go a bit of old school Guns N' Roses or something like that? That'd yes. be alright, you'd like a bit of that. Axel's got more to worry about than suing me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, how, about, how about Rocket Queen from Appetite for Destruction? Have you got that? Outstanding. Alright, lovely. Thanks, Steve. Cheers, mate.
Hey, you're with uh, Rusty from Electric Mary and you are on White Line Fever. Great request by Steve Dean. That was before he got the rounds of the kitchen from Des Hasler. He requested uh, Guns N' Roses here with Brent Reed. We're talking about Sunday games in the NRL and Super League. Now, which game are you at? Uh, because I believe one of them was terrible on uh, Sunday. That would be my game, I suspect. <laughs> from what I saw, it was an absolute abomination, Steve. Sydney Roosters 14, Canberra 8. Error count 20. <laughs> to the Roosters, actually. Error count was 32, I think. 20 yeah. to the Roosters, 12 to Canberra. And uh, I winced at every one of them. It was ugly. But uh, Josh Dugan also got injured. Was there anything positive about the game at all? <laughs> um, positive about the game? Well, the trip home, I think. <laughs> it was about the most positive thing out of that game. Definitely not your copy. <laughs> <laughs> what about... Uh, I, I watched a bit of uh, the second half of South Sydney 40, Penrith 24, Greg Ingalls moved to fullback. Yeah. It's interesting thing about this weekend is that Billy Slater became the highest... Uh, uh, try-scoring fullback yeah. in history, and we got ourselves two new fullbacks in Greg Inglis and Brett Morris. Yeah, and outsta- both of them were outstanding, weren't they? Mm-hmm. GI, you would think Greg Inglis would be the Queensland fullback if, if Billy wasn't around, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Australian fullback. Mm-hmm. And now Brett Morris, Josh Dugan's got injured, so Brett Morris might be a smoky for country in New South Wales after the way he played. And mm-hmm. so, a lot, of, a lot of good fullbacks around, Steve. Billy's getting uh, more and more competition, but he says that the more competition he gets, the better he gets. It's hard to it's hard to conceive of him being even better, isn't it? Well, you can't argue with that after the way he played in the weekend. I mean, that second try score was second try. I think it was was absolutely astounding. And but he he does. He just gets better and better every week. The game I was at uh, Canterbury 32 Warriors 18. It was pretty amazing. 16 nil uh, Canterbury led early, and then they were run down. Uh, 51st minute it was 18 16 to the Warriors, and they were, they had the proverbial wet sail, and then. Uh, sort of Canterbury kind of hoisted the spinnaker and got even wetter. <laughs> and then and, and one going away. They're a good team, aren't they, Canterbury? Very good team. Des House is obviously a magician, isn't he? But I like the Warriors, Steve, actually. I thought they were every chance of winning that football game. If they don't give them a 16-0 start, they'd probably win that game. I like the Warriors. I, I think they'll get better as the season goes on. OK, now, I, I said yesterday to Steve that this format is probably boring the listeners. This could be the last weekend we do it. <laughs> to go through every game one by one is kind of like... Anyway, but uh, I can tell you what happened in England today. Uh, Hull 58, witness 10. How did witness beat Wigan? And then lose by 48 points next week. Miracles do happen. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, Warrington 32, Wakefield 30. That's uh, strangely close, really. That was a Warrington home game. Uh, I know Wakefield fans were saying they felt like they won that game to only lose by two to Warrington. And Wigan 42, London 30. And that was considered not a big enough win by Wigan fans. Uh, they've kind of fallen on hard times a little bit. I suppose uh, Michael Maguire is a hard act to follow for Sean Wayne. Could be worse, Steve. They could be London fans and supporting Craig Gowan and the boys on a weekly basis. I, I, I wouldn't mind being a London fan. I'd lo- I actually would love to live in London and go watch the Broncos every second week and have a few beers in the whatever that bar's called, the Jester Bar or whatever. And you, after a few beers, you forget they lost. You're a man of the, you're a man of the world, though, Steve. It's not fair that you should be a Toyota Park, Toyota Stadium. On a Monday night, you should be in Barbados or Jamaica or something. Yeah, we're, we don't like to date the podcast. This is we're, we're an indeterminate place at an indeterminate time. No, it's fine. Thanks, Brent. And uh, the next song is called Undertow, and it's off the new uh, Mr. Big live acoustic album. And uh, we'll talk to you again in 2013. Thank you very much. Hello. Welcome to Mr. Big's live from the living room.
wouldn't do it if she tried But she never tried She never tried It's running through her face like cyanide It kept her by But just for a while How long Can she keep on chasing Something wrong
Okay, we're back, and two things, big things happen in rugby league. Uh, um, on Monday, uh, an amazing win by Cronulla. They led 17 0 and held on to win 17 14 over Manly at Toyota Stadium. And a, something that did not so good, Roy Simmons got sacked by uh, St Helens tonight. Uh, John Morris probably wasn't aware of that. I'm speaking to him, the Cronulla player. Big night for you, and you've had a better night than Royce, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's obviously news, news to me, so that's um, uh, not good for Royce. Um, had a few years under him at the Tigers and um, fantastic coach, so um, that's a real shock, I guess. But um, yeah, no, on, on the Sharks front, it was a you know, really impressive win, I think, built on the back of that solid first half display. Your, thought, your thoughts at the end when they were storming home? <laughs> yeah, a bit of deja vu from last year. They were up 13 0 with probably about the same amount of time to go, around six or seven minutes, and they jagged a couple of tries and kicked a field goal and won on full time, so flashing back to us. But um, no, I don't think it really indicated that. <clears throat> the, the sort of the closeness of the game with it, we're always in control. And but you know we clocked off a bit, and you know probably a bit of a kick up the bum for that. And the first half was more reminiscent of another game last year against the Dragons, wasn't it? Wet weather yeah. and a, a tough slog and a shutout. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's um, Monday night footy and a bit of wet weather. We love down here at Shark Park, but um, you know I think for us the coach challenge is just about turning up with attitude and playing for the pride and the jumper after we sort of slipped up last week in our first home game. So um, it was good to be able to bounce back like that and, and sort of show that attitude. Now, Johnny, we promised we weren't going to keep you long, but the best thing about this, unlike every other interview you, you'll do for the rest of the year, is you get to pick a song at the end of it. Oh, really? Give us a rock song. Give us a rock song. Oh, mate, geez, I'd like to hear something from um, the Gunners, even though I won't hear it. I'd... No, you will, you will. Oh, really? A bit of Paradise City. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, actually, because uh, earlier we had uh, Rocket Queen in the same show. So, oh, okay. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. <laughs> no worries, Steve. Come on.